Good evening, it is the 8th of July, um, this is our latest episode of the 1 to 11 midweek podcast. Uh, this week we are going to do one which I think we've both really enjoyed making, um, which is players that are now managers. Um, on the face of it, when we, when we first talked about this one, Jack, we said that we might have to sort of branch out to, to people, to players that have then gone into club executive roles because we thought that you know managers was going to be too difficult to find 11 players in different positions um but actually it was quite easy in the end yeah definitely it was it was really weird because um you know as you said we were going to look at going into executive positions coaching staff like i don't know john terry um pk beckham yeah um but actually when i was making the team i just didn't need to do it everyone i was thinking of really i was like oh actually that's fine that's fine yeah. And it was just the exact same for 11 players through. So um, I was quite happy to be able to get all players that went on to become managers. Yeah. Um, what formation have you gone for for this one? <laughs> A 3-2-3-2. Three, two, three, two. Okay. That's uh, the common the common formation. Um, yeah, definitely. It's been played around the world, isn't uh, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, managed to, I managed to squeeze into a 4-3-3 three, three with, with one CDM. Um, so that would suggest that uh, we are going to have a few changes obviously neither of us see each other's team before we uh before we record so let's start by um having your goalkeeper please i'm a goalkeeper i've got the nose off okay um so in his playing career he won the euros the world cup the syria six times two italian cups and one uefa cup and then he went on to manage the italy team which he um, massively developed. He he wasn't really seen to be that much of a success, um, but you know he was bringing the likes of Totti through the ranks and more or less completely revamped the Italy team and managed to get second place in the Euros against the World Cup winning France team um, and World Manager in two thousand, yeah. as well as the UEFA Cup and Coppa Italia with I believe Juventus. So quite an amazing career as a player and a manager. Yeah, definitely. It's um certainly one didn't escape my radar, but uh yeah, fantastic player and I basically off you what what you've just said with the honours that they what that he won. Um pretty impressive. I went for something uh, completely different. I think one of the differences that we're gonna have between our between our teams is that I've gone for a lot of um people in this team. Um, because of their managerial co- career just completely outweighing um, their playing career. I tried to find a balance where I could. Um, but I, in goal, I've gone for um, Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, obviously, he was he was goalkeeper and his career. Didn't have that illustrious a career as a player. Um, his biggest spell was at Merritt, um, which he only got 69 um, appearances there. Played 14 times for Porto, but only had had less than 200 career appearances all in all. Um, never got into the first team of Portugal. So, you know, as a, as a goalkeeper goes, um, not that not that amazing a career. But I think that just adds um, another string to his bow in terms of what he's done as a manager because he's now managing in the best league in the world um, and doesn't have the sort of... Not saying it's easier for players, but I suppose it kind of is. You know, if you if you were a fantastic player, you look at Lampard and 
Gerard and Terry and you know they're walking into to top jobs at top clubs as soon as they've finished the coaching badges you know a year after they've actually finished playing um whereas somebody like Nuno has had to work from a pretty flat playing career um but has managed to manage um Porto and and then Wolverhampton um, and the same for uh, another one of your players who I do know, uh, a, a right back. Yeah. <laughs> not the not the most illustrious playing career, but something different as a manager. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so who have you gone for in your back three then? Yeah, so I don't have any fullbacks. Um, just because really I couldn't I couldn't think. Um, well, like, there were a couple, but then I thought no, I wanted to have quite an even balance between playing career and managerial career, and the fullbacks didn't really have that for me. Um, so actually my first you could argue that my first uh, centre-back didn't either who is Laurent Blanc okay. um, so just as a player he won the World Cup Euros Premier League La Liga um, Liga so he managed to do it everywhere yeah. pretty much yeah. um, and, an amazing centre-back and then went on to become a manager and managed in Liga which he won four times with PSG, um, as well as winning the French Cup four times. You know, his managerial career isn't the most flattering because although he's won quite a lot, it's been with PSG in France. Yeah. So it's certainly not the most impressive thing. But no, he yeah. has got he has had an amazing career playing for um, Barca United and then gone on to um, continue as a manager and still consistently win things regardless of the fact that he was in the French League he still had to win to be good yeah right okay uh, your other two centre-back choices uh, so the first one is well second one is Coman okay yeah he, he was very close for me as well fantastic player obviously yeah brilliant player played with Barcelona obviously and then um, you know another one whose managerial career you could argue wasn't it didn't quite live up to the standards of his playing career, but still went on to win um, the Eredivisie quite a few times. Which, like I've just said, with Blanc, regardless of where you are, you still have to win to be uh, to prove that you've done well in something. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Also won the Spanish Cup with Valencia as well. Yeah, I mean, which... it's not it's not as if he was he was uh, starved of of um, choices, you know. It, he had he had some good clubs to to go and manage as well. I think probably Everton saw a bit of a plateau to his career there because he he then went to manage um, the national team, didn't he afterwards? Yeah, is he not still there? I think yeah, I think he he probably yeah. is still there. Yeah, but I I don't know after you've managed so many clubs and you end up landing the the job at um, at the national team, it, I do feel it kind of can go one of two ways because now that the magic about national football isn't as much as, as club football anymore, is it? No, I mean, we saw it with, um, with Bobby Robson, who went on to manage England and then uh, come back and he think he managed Barcelona after that yeah. and then uh, and then Newcastle. Um, yeah, I think, I think it can be done. You can go into a national managerial career and then come back and continue in the same form uh, as you were at club level yeah. or even better um, 
I don't know though. I, I, can I see Komen making a return to club football with the Dutch national team he's got at the minute? Probably not for a while because why would he want to when that team has got so much potential to win the Euros, win the World Cup, really? Yeah, yeah, I certainly think so. It probably will uh, depend. I'd say that his his Euro uh, performance is going to be very, very sort of telling of his future. I'd say you know if 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 the Dutch don't make the semi-finals or don't make the quarter-finals because they made a, a drastic mistake earlier on, then I think Kimmer might be out of a job there as well, to be fair. But, um, yeah, as you say, if he gets success with, with Holland, then he might be able to sort of just go to, you know, a top, a top club, go and manage a top club in the Premier League or whatever, and, and uh, nobody really bats an eyelid. But if he gets... Holland wrong. He's probably going to have to start his his club managerial career pretty much all over again. Yeah, with the with the team he's got um, in in Holland, if he if he doesn't do well, then he's condemned. Really, I yeah. think because the, some of the players in that team are, are just amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it should. I mean, I can't even remember the name of the the most recent one, the Portugal one, where. Um, Holland managed to make it to the final. Was it the Nations? League? Yeah, it was Nations. the uh, Nations League. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was quite. I was quite positive for them, but it's a bit of a nothing, you know, really to get yeah. to the final there. So yeah, we'll see if they can make a good Euros performance. But he's uh, he's not a bad manager, really. Do you think? Do you think uh, looking at some of the teams, we are sidetracking a bit here, but looking at some of the teams that will make. Um, will be in the Euros next year now. You know, you've got this New England team, which have got to go in not far from favourites, I don't think. Um, obviously, France, Belgium, um, the usual boys. You never really want to write off Spain and Germany. Um, and then, obviously, Holland and, and then outside of Portugal. How Realistically, how far can, can Holland go in, in the Euros? I think, as you say, semi-finals would be positive for them. Um, look, you've just said it yourself. You can never write off those uh, the the big boys there with Germany and Spain and France, and then these days Belgium are such a high quality team that you you got to uh, you got to expect them to win almost every tournament they enter. Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll see. I think I, th- I would say that England and Holland are probably about the same probably got the same um, prospects in those sort of tournaments um, in how far they can go. It would just take a sort of bit of a luck of the draw okay. and, a, and a bit of luck throughout the competition to, to win for both teams, I think, because England do have a good team now, and they, especially in a year's time, hopefully it will be even better, and it will be the exact same story with uh, with Holland. It's they've, they've both got young teams and sort of revitalised after a bit of, a bit of time down in the dumps. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're missing one centre back. Who's the final centre back in your lineup? I think this one's an obvious choice. It's Beckenbauer. Okay. Uh, the World Cup winner, Ballon d'Or winner as a defender, yeah. Euros. It's really quite amazing what he's won in the Bundesliga, and then to to go on and win the World Cup as a player and then a manager. Yeah. Um, I've only got one other player in the team that's done that. Uh. One league and one Bundesliga as a manager as well. I don't think 
as a player, he really needs much explaining. Um, obviously, because he's one of the greatest defenders to ever play the game. And then as a manager to 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 go on and win the World Cup with your national team after winning it as a player is something that has to get you in this team, I think. Yeah, pretty special. Certainly uh, idolised. Well, he, he is considered by many the best uh, best defender ever to play the game and um, possibly the best player to ever ever play the game. Um, interesting back three. Certainly a uh, very um, decorated back three. I went yeah, for uh, I went for well n- not a single one of those choices actually, uh, which is really? interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether it maybe just be my affiliation with um, English managers. There's a lot of there's a lot of people in my team that are, that have managed in England, um, and obviously because I'm a massive, you know, I don't don't follow European football as much as I do the Premier League. Um, so you know, I, I probably puts an extra tick next to the name of the Premier League managers. But here we go anyway. Um, right back, I've gone for Jurgen Klopp. Obviously, mine's legend for eleven years. Really, uh, doesn't have the stats that that do him justice. Three hundred twenty-five appearances, scored fifty-two times. Because when he wasn't playing as a right back, he played as striker, uh, which yeah. characterises Klopp perfectly. Really, um, it is more of a managerial choice than a player choice. But you know, I look at this team and I think to myself, if there's probably three or four players that were. Um, fantastic players, like really, really, you know, top level players. Um, so I, I picture them playing as as they did in their careers. But then I look at all of the managers that I've got in the in the rest of the team, the other eight players, and I think if they were as if they were as good players as they were managers, this team would just be absolutely fantastic. Um, so I've gone for Klopp in there. Um, simply because I believe he's the best manager out there at the moment um, in terms of in-form, not necessarily how decorated he is. Um, He is the the only manager that I'd want managing Liverpool at the moment. I wouldn't take anybody over him. Um, So, yeah, Klopp's gone in at right-back. Two centre-backs. I've gone for a player that was a much better player than manager and then a player that was a much better manager than player. Uh, the player that was better than manager is Steve Bruce, widely considered one of the best defenders to ever play the game um, in English football and also, to be fair, um, in Europe. No-nonsense centre-back, obviously, one of the Man United legends. Uh, he made over 300 appearances for the club. Managerial-wise, not as successful um, because managed Sheffield Wednesday, Villa, Sunderland, Hull and then, obviously, most recently, Newcastle. This is this is an interesting um, topic of discussion though because the you've got managers in the game like Steve Bruce and maybe not Kuman as much but certainly towards the end before he, he landed the Dutch job um, you've got some players that are fantastic fantastic players but never reach the top jobs in football and then you get the likes of Nuno and Klopp. Um, who don't have, by any stretch, amazing um, careers as players, but then they become the best managers the world has ever seen. You know, it, it's quite quite a weird sort of paradox, that isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's why I tried my uh, tried my best to make a team where 
they had the same sort of quality playing career yeah. as managerial career. It's not so easy to do that, really. No, definitely not. It's um, it, well, just because you're not really you're hardly sport for choice, are you? Um, but yeah, exactly. Because then you have the likes of the likes of, as you say, Klopp, who you would definitely have in there as ma- as being one of the best managers in the world at the moment. But um, as a right back, forward slash striker for Mines, it's not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not quite the same level as Beckenbauer, is he? No, you know? definitely not. Definitely not. But my my argument for Klopp is that you know he is. Um, I do believe that if he carries on in in the in the way that he's done, he will one day be be uh, regarded as the best manager ever. Um, so purely based on managerial quality, he had to go in. Then obviously Steve Bruce. Uh, the next centre back choice is who I believe to be. Um, one of the best managers ever uh, in the game simply because of his knowledge of the game probably my favourite manager of all time actually Um, and that's Rafa Benitez Um, this is purely a managerial choice Um, but for me very few managers know the game and like inside out and know how to get the best from their players like Rafa does Um, as I say he's my favourite manager of all time had less than 200 games in his career, um, but brought success to Liverpool, Chelsea, Newcastle United and Real Madrid um, off the back of a like a below average playing career. And I know you're saying about your team and, and, and I'm glad that you've done it because it, it recognises that you've got players that were fantastic and managers that were, you know, that they were both, they were fantastic as both players and managers. Um, but for a few of my players in the team, the point is very much that, as I said, these have had very mediocre playing careers, if not worse than mediocre. But then they've gone on to produce some of the best football as managers. Um, and I think that that kind, of, that kind of creates the balance that you've gone for in your team as well. Because they clearly still had the footballing brain. You know, If they were able to create so much success at the clubs that they managed... Um, and for that reason, Rafa Benitez had to go in at, at centre back for me. Um, and then the left back, I was seriously clutching at straws. Um, I wanted to put Klopp in the team, so that's why I decided to go for a back four. Um, but then left back, I really struggled with because unless somebody can think of a of a left back that went on to manage and have a fantastic career as player and manager, um, I haven't got a clue of anybody. Uh, so, I've gone for Roberto Carlos. I am made up about the fact that he managed, albeit not for very long, um, because he, that, meant, that meant he was eligible for this team. Um, obviously, we've talked about, you've talked about Roberto Carlos an awful lot. Best left-back ever to play the game, arguably. Um, I was just glad that he, that he had a two-year managerial career. Um, he, he managed Siversport. Akisar Sport and the Delhi Dynamos. So not the most illustrious managerial career, but nice. as a player, uh, one of the best. Yeah, don't worry. I've got one of those players as well, but I think his playing career meant that he had to get in yeah. regardless. I mean, he could have gone to Barcelona and got them relegated, and I think he still would have got in the team. So Yeah, yeah. Um, it's understandable. It has to be done at points. <laughs> yeah, at some point, yeah, it needed to be done. Um I think now looking at it, actually, yes, I don't have to use the excuse any longer of um, 
the balance between manager and, and player because my final uh, six choices were all fantastic players um, and managers. But we still have um, a difference in the uh, formations that we've gone for. So that would still suggest that we've gone for different players. Interested to see how this works now. So you've got two CDMs next, have you? Or is it two centre midfielders? Two centre mids, okay. two cams, and then two strikers. Okay. Uh, no. Who, you got three, 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 three cams. Three, two, three, uh, two. I've got three, whatever. Well, I've, it, I think it adds up. <laughs> Let's you'll hope work, so. You'll work, you'll work it out. Who have you gone for in centre midfield then? Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. I've got three centre mids, two cams, and ah, two okay. strikers. Okay. There we go. Um, so, my first choice is Pep Guardiola. Okay. I thought, he, well, he could, he could play more as a CDM, to be fair. Yeah. So, let me try again. One CDM, two <laughs> centre mids, two cams, two strikers. There it is. Nice, uh, nice central formation there <laughs> for you. Yeah. So, as a player, he's, he's a really is a Barcelona legend, isn't he? Yeah. And then just went on to you know continue that form as a manager. And this is the first. I'm going to do this a few times now, so you might fall asleep. But his his managerial career is two English Super Cup, three UEFA Super Cup, three Club World Cup, two Bundesliga, uh, two German Cup, three Bundesliga, three Spanish Super Cup, two Spanish Cup, three La Liga. Three English League, one FA Cup, two Prem, two Champions League, and two World's Best Club Coach. Pretty That's special. just, I mean, and do you know, there are actually a couple that are like that, and it's it's really it really is something special. He has to be regarded as. I know you've just said Klopp, but I don't know. Based on based on. Um, the past and their honours, Pep has to be oh, one yeah, of the absolutely. best managers still out there. Yeah, I mean, Pep, Pep is the best best all-round manager out there at the moment. My argument for Klopp is that I, I think now, um, you know, in, in, the, in the last two years, uh, Klopp has really um, gained gained pace over, over Guardiola for me just because of the character. Klopp doesn't, Klopp doesn't lose it in a... In a in a destructive way, you know, he loses it on the pitch, but never really um, punishes his players or, you know, he's a motivator, whereas Guardiola isn't as much. And I, I just think that um, Klopp is, is gaining so much headway over Guardiola at the moment. But as you say, um, you know, you have, you have to look at the honours that they've won. And when you do that, Guardiola is put way ahead of Klopp, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, I agree though about you know, a couple of years time we could be easily saying Klopp is miles better, but you never know with that City team. They could go out and spend, and Pep could be on top again. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure they will. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, they, I mean, we, it's not something. It's something that we can maybe say for the for the City midweek, but obviously we um, we don't know at this moment whether. City will be playing in the Champions League next season, and that could have a a massive effect on Guardiola's career as a manager if he if he stays with them not playing in Europe. Um, and you know, there's a possibility of the likes of Aguero and De Bruyne and 
Oh, well, all sorts of players having their heads turned if they're not going to be playing in Europe for two years. Um, yeah. It makes them much more susceptible to having their players snapped up. Yeah, we talked about it on the, the radio in Newcastle, didn't we, yeah. when, the, when the decision was immediately made. Yeah. Um, um, you know, they're appealing. We'll see what happens. With the appeal, I, I, think, they'll, I think they'll win. But it would be quite it would be quite funny if they didn't and uh, Sheffield United could get into Europe and Man City were sitting it out. Yeah, I I just don't see where where the grounds for an appeal are. But anyway, anyway, we're Neither do I. But that's that's just how it works, isn't yeah, it? You appeal, absolutely. you get the appeal. It's yeah, it's, it's weird. It's sad, is what it is. Um, I've yeah. gone for Pep Guardiola as well. Um, as my CDM in my 4-3-3, echoed the sort of player that he was on the pitch with the level um, to which he's managed. Played for Barcelona over 260 times. Um, Roma and Brescia are the other two main clubs, but it's managed, obviously, by Munich City for Barcelona. As you say, 16 major club accolades as a player, three individual ones, and then 30 major trophies as a manager, um, and 33 individual accolades as a manager. I mean, stats like that, you know, put Klopp in an, in almost another league. Obviously, Klopp hasn't had the, um, hasn't been gifted with the clubs to manage that that Guardiola has. I'll I'll leave that one there. Um, but uh, it, it certainly still, as you say, you know, a manager has still got to still got to win trophies. I mean, you know, when after after Alex Ferguson left Man United, David Moyes, you know, should have really been able to to win the Premier League with that Man United team um, that he was left with. Um, but he didn't, obviously. Uh, th- there's examples of it all over football, both in England and outside, isn't there, that although you can be sort of gifted with a team, it does make the job slightly easier, but nonetheless, there's there's still a job to do. Yeah, you can, you can uh, have the best team out there, but if you don't do your job properly, you're not going to win. Yeah. Um, and that's... That's something that we have to we have to respect. He and also he's gone and got these he's gone and got these jobs at the best teams for a reason. Yeah, yeah. It's because he's the best manager. He hasn't. It's not like Steve Bruce has just walked into a job at Bayern Munich or Barcelona and gone, yeah, all right, I'll have that. Yeah. It, you have to be a good manager, and he he worked his way up through the Barcelona youth system and proved how good he was. And then got the opportunity to prove himself at Barcelona because of that. Yeah. So despite being gifted with those uh, amazing teams, the the best in the league really wherever he's gone, he's he's worked for that and he's maintained that. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on, who have you got as your other two centre midfielders then? So one I've got Didier Deschamps. Okay. Um, World Cup winner, Euros winner. Two-time Champions League winner, played in the Serie A uh, and Ligue 1. So another one that's uh, been been around Europe a bit. Uh, and then as a manager, I mentioned when I was speaking about Beckenbauer that I had one other. He well, he's won the World Cup as a manager as well. Yeah. Um, so you know both of these those two had to go in immediately for me. Having won the World Cup as a player and manager, that's something that I just think is really, really special. And when you're talking about players that have gone on to become managers, that's sort of like the the first thing that you, you've got to think of, really, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, definitely. Certainly certainly one thing to consider. Um, who have you gone for as your other centre midfielder then? 
Uh, my other centre midfielder is Kyle Ancelotti. Okay. So, um, you know, a midfield maestro at Roma, um, just one of the one of the best passers of the ball there's ever been in uh, Syria, yeah. uh, and that showed with his with his record and, and what he's won there. But then I mentioned I had a couple, and this is another one um, of the managers who's gone on to win so much, and he's managed to win in England. German Super Cup, UEFA Super Cup, Club World Cup, Liga and Italian Super Cup, Italian Cup, Serie A, Bundesliga, Spanish Cup, FA Cup, um, Premier League, two times the cha- Champions League twice and the world's best manager twice. It's just take, it takes forever to say because the list just goes on and it's it's really is amazing. And um, just his, his managerial career has lasted so, so long. Yeah. And he's been able to go to, uh, I believe, every single league. Right. Um, but in every single league in the top five in Europe, I think he's gone to as a manager. Right. And won there. Yeah. Which is which is something special. Uh, and then uh, I, I just thought, yeah, because of his managerial career, he has to go in. It's interesting that he's ended up at, at Everton now. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that that's obviously money motivated. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, where Everton finish this season and then what sort of money gets gets pumped in. Um, but yeah, it. Do you know, it, it's good to see Ancelotti at Everton. I think even from a Liverpool fan's perspective, because there's some serious um, structural damage to that side. I think, and you know that with a bit of money he could really turn that club around. Yeah, I to be honest, it doesn't matter what club it is, I always actually like to see good players and good managers in the Premier League. Yeah. So yeah. him being actually by record one of the best managers there's been, um, to see him in the back in the Premier League is really nice, even if it is for even if it is for Everton. I just love seeing I just love seeing big names in the Premier League and I think it's so massive for English football because, you know, it seems to be the case that the big players go to La Liga, the big managers go to La Liga, but, you know, now we've got Ancelotti, Mourinho, Pep, Jurgen Klopp. It's it's really good for, for English football. Yeah, all the, I mean, all the big names, I think. Um, there's not really anybody else that I could think of that you know I'd really I'm, I'm really missing from the Premier League to be honest I, I'd like to see um, if obviously Poch lands the job at Newcastle that'd just be the, the cherry on top really for um, yeah, make it special wouldn't it that's yeah. five of five absolute world class managers there and, and there are more to mention to be fair that are in the Premier League but um, not quite of the same level yeah yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously, you've got the uh, the up and coming ones as well, the likes of um, yeah. Arteta and Lampard. And anyway, um, that those are your three central midfield choices. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting you said Arteta and Lampard because uh, Lampard nearly made the team, but um, just because he hasn't done enough as a manager yet, he couldn't get in for me. Fair enough. Well, Lampard did make my team, um, and. Clarence Seydorf very, very nearly made my team, but I had to put Ancelotti in. I really wanted to put Seydorf in because I think he's a very, very underrated player for his achievements at Milan. Um, and obviously Madrid and Ajax as well. 
Um, but yeah, I mean Ancelotti, you can't really complain it. Um, that that should be a very easy choice to make, really. Um, and then yeah, I went for Lampard because you know he's arguably the best player to ever pull on the Chelsea shirt, um, and has, I think, made. Trying to compare the achievement. I don't want to say it's comparable to Liverpool winning the league this season, but Lampard did not have the team um, to do what he's done this season, I don't believe. And, you know, the energy that Chelsea have had, you know, Chelsea was a place like um, what Man United was a couple of years earlier. It was a very, very toxic um, place to be, uh, especially with Conte and then Sarri afterwards. Um it was a very toxic place to be, and you know I, I don't even think um, many Chelsea, many former Chelsea players, would have been ready and raring to go and walk into that Chelsea atmosphere and try and turn it around. And then, you know, Lampard gets lumped with this transfer embargo on the top of it because of the failings of the of a manager that's gone before him, um, and he had to really rebrand and redesign the, the Chelsea culture on the pitch um, and he, he's just done it perfectly I mean you know Chelsea were never going to win the league this season there, there, had to, there had to be a point where that stopped and you know Liverpool and City were always the front runners but I think that you know Chelsea getting into the top four has to be put on a par with Liverpool being so far ahead of Man City Sheffield United's achievement this season um, just because it it was it's so it was so far away from what Chelsea were expected to do this season. Yeah, especially when you look at where Tottenham and Arsenal sit. Yeah, and yeah. then and then Chelsea um, just creeping into that top four with their team, and it's a team that, as you say, you don't you just didn't expect to do that well because they didn't have the they didn't have the players to do that. Mm. The environment not so long before wasn't in the right place to do that. Yeah. And now, you look at our Chelsea team and you think, all right, that's good. But then, um, next season, they sort of scare me a bit with Werner and Ziyech and the possibility of Chilwell England's number one left-back, possibility of Havertz, one of the best young players and best in the Bundesliga, and Hakimi, same story, one of the best young players and best, one of the best in the Bundesliga. And that's, that's scary because that team could really be uh, be fighting for fighting absolutely. Liverpool and City for the title. Yeah, absolutely. It's that you know that that's the thing. It, it's uh, this is what Lampard can do as a manager when he hasn't been able to to sign anybody. If they sign half the players that they're being linked with, and obviously it's just rumours, but if they sign half the players that they're being linked with, we already know Frank Lampard can manage. You know he's done it at Derby and he's done it he's been a proper manager at Chelsea because he hasn't had money to spend um he's, he's just managed what he's got and you know that's what the likes of Rafa Benitez did um and it, it shows a really good quality as a manager so then if, if you can get your transfers right and by the looks of the players that Chelsea are being linked with they are getting their transfers right um it, it it's it's difficult to see who's going to stop them next season to be honest it it whether Liverpool, you know, can recruit well enough to to be involved in the title race next season. The same goes for City, depending on what happens with this European ban. Um, but Chelsea have to go in. You know, if they sign half the players they're they're linked with, they have to go in as one of the favourites. Absolutely, and and 
that I just mentioned some that are players they're linked with, but Ziak and Werner are, are done now. Mm. So that you've got two world class players already there. Yeah. And um, it's just it's just a matter of bringing the others in would be would really be something quite special. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're sidetracking. We've gone way over time already. And we still haven't done yeah. um, your front players. We've got is it four left? Yeah, I've got two cams and two strikers. Okay. So I'll uh, go I'll through all, go through all four of them. I'll dash through them quickly. Yeah, we've got. First off, another member of the 98 World Cup winning team and 2000 Euros winning team is Zinedine Zidane. Yeah. Uh, an amazing playing career. No one can deny that. Exactly. He's one of the best to ever play the game. And I've talked about him before on the podcast, how um, the the uh, quote that he makes music when he plays football. <laughs> so something just just an unbelievable player. And he, for as he has to go in one of the best all-time teams, let alone one of the best player-turned-manager teams. Yeah. But then you look at his managerial career and what he's managed to do with Real Madrid, uh, winning world's best manager twice and doing that, um, the uh, three-peat of the, of the Champions League. It, he just has to go in the team for me. No, that's fair enough. That, he went in for me as well. Go on. Then my next cam is Maradona. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another one I've talked about before. He didn't. He didn't really have a great managerial career. He's who I was mentioning earlier. Right. Um, who managerial? His playing career outweighed his managerial career. But um, you know, as a player, um, going to Napoli from Barcelona and turning it into one of the one of the best teams in Europe, and, uh, scoring for you know Napoli's his most notable team he's played for. And scored 81 goals in 188 appearances for the team from a midfield position. It's, it's uh, just amazing and obviously one of the best to ever play the game and labelled the, the best of the century by so many and uh, so many journalists. Yeah. Two strikers now. First off, I've got Johan Cruyff. Yeah. One so much as a player, uh, another absolute, another absolute. Uh, icon of the game that then went on to manage Barcelona and uh, won the European Cup which is now the Champions League twice the league of four times five domestic cups and the UEFA Super Cup um, so not only was he able to go and be a legend for Barcelona as a player um, he went on and continued in that form as a manager like like Pep Guardiola did yeah. um, I mean I remember watching a documentary and when he left Barcelona, the fans were just so upset that this is as a manager, the fans were just so upset and they just didn't want anyone else because it was this young dynamic man who knew everything about the squad um, and because he played there for so long and um, yeah, just just a, an amazing player and manager So and sways in the squad Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then my last player, striker is Kenny Dalglish Yep as a player, won so much. Um, just part of that dominant Liverpool team. Um, I think in his career, I've got here that he uh, yeah, played for Liverpool for 13 years and scored 172 times in 515 games. Yeah. And this is amazing. He won. Um, he won 60% of the games that he played in for Liverpool, which is uh, that's that's win. So it'll be. Um, you know, 
draws as well, he would have probably would have lost barely any. Yeah. Um, but then going on as a manager and winning the English First Division and Premier League as well as nine domestic cups, I know that um, there's some sort of argument that he wasn't a great manager um, and he only really got the job because he was in Kenny. Um, but actually, does he does have quite a good record as a manager and the fact oh, yeah. that he's such a good player gets him in. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, all all three of my players up front um, are are the same as yours, bar uh, Maradona. Um, I've gone for right wing Dalglish, immortalised at Liverpool. He was he was a very successful manager at Liverpool the first time, and, and you know what a lot of people forget is that he was manager at the roughest time in the club's history. You know he he stepped down. Um, not long after after the Hillsborough disaster, because he never looked the same way again. And you know, as a man, he went to the the funerals um, of all ninety six fans that died. And you know, he he obviously was immortalised as a player at Liverpool, and he he, he obviously made his name um, as a player at Liverpool. But he only added to the credit that people had for him um, as a manager um, in in one of the teams that. Uh, we're doing um, in the next few weeks. I, I I'll, I'll talk about Dalglish a little bit more because I've a, a lot of lot of time for him. Obviously, um, the second spell that he was at manager, he was obviously a caretaker. I think in between um, Roy Hodgson and Brendan Rodgers, um, and and they won the Carlin Cup that year. Um, obviously, Suarez. That was when Suarez arrived at Liverpool. Um, wasn't wasn't the best managerial wise that time, but at the same time he was just sort of, you know, he'd been out out of touch in terms of managing for for so long. You know, he just came back as you say because he was, um, King Kenny, um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic player and and fantastic manager as well, a real icon of the game. Um, Zidane, yeah, player, yeah, Zidane, Zidane yeah. Yeah, Zidane and Cruyff are probably the two um, the two easiest ones in this team for me. I'd say uh, spoken about Zidane before about how how the ball was just like a magnet to his foot, and you know such an elegant player as well. Um, Bordeaux, can Juve in Madrid, obviously uh, sixteen titles as a player, um, and he had eighty three. Yes, eighty three. Uh, titles as an individual so he got a 83 player titles just like individual which is just like that is i can't even think of the word to describe that um and it just then, highlights his quality doesn't yeah it? i mean it highlights his quality and, and does even more than just that you know it, it is absolutely bonkers is what it is um yeah i mean and that's it that's there'll be a massive mix as well from like that must have been so many like player of the month or player of the year in there, but then also to to win the Ballon d'Or as well, chuck that in there. Yeah, I mean you, you don't mind the uh, the accolades he's got as an individual, do you? No, and and you know the the most bonkers thing about it is that it actually looks like he's probably going to beat it as a manager because after only taking over Madrid in in twenty sixteen, he's already won ten club titles as a manager, but then twenty two individual titles as a manager and that's only in four years um so you know you'd imagine you'd imagine him uh bar any major slip-ups to be to be managing for the next sort of 12 years um in which case he, he looks set to absolutely smash that 
83 um, individual accolade record that you set as a player. Um, he did retire, didn't he, from uh, yeah. his managerial post at Rail, but yeah. obviously came back and, um, yeah. you know, we'll see if he can pick up where he left off. Yeah, well, it's it's a second chance almost, isn't it? And, you know, I do expect him to stay on after this because, he, you know, bar a couple of the issues that he's had as a manager, um, he's still a fantastic manager, I'd say. Um, still doing an awful lot with that team. Maybe just not as not as much as we'd expect him to do because, you know, he's a victim of his own success, really, because of what he was as a player. And everybody expects those sorts of players to go on and be fantastic managers. But from some of the players we talked about today, it, it doesn't always happen. Um, yeah. Then striker Cruyff, I'm going to just say it very quickly, obviously, as you said, the record that he's had. Uh, legend at Barca and also Ajax as well. Um in terms of the combination of, of what players were as players and then what they were as managers, Cruyff probably is up there as the best one in my team. Um, Beckenbauer is probably the best in yours, I'd say, in terms of you know uh, the quality of what they were as a player and as a manager combined. Um, but yeah, that's that. Uh, two fantastic teams there. Uh, we've run way over time. Um, join us on Saturday we're going to have um, the latest episode of our Saturday podcast uh, latest news and rumours um, from the world of football and until then uh, have a great week and see you Saturday